0: politics. We're talking about whether it's getting dirtier, in your view, than perhaps five years, ten years, even twenty years ago. A man that's been involved with the politics for many years, Peter Dunn, former MP and Minister. Very good afternoon, Peter. Hello, Peter. Good afternoon. So, straight off the bat, is it getting dirtier today, in your view, than, say, twenty years ago?
1: No, I don't think it's getting dirtier. What I think's happening, though, is that the advent of social media means it's much more instant and immediate. So the things that go wrong, be they big or small, uh, become known to a much wider audience much more quickly.
2: Now, Peter, when you first went to Parliament, what, what was the relationship like between the press gallery and politicians? Do, do you think it was as collegial as it is now or less collegial than it is now?
1: I think it was about the same uh, as it is now. There was a, But bear in mind, I'm, I'm talking now about the mid-1980s when there was a different culture in society generally about respect. people. People were more respectful of people in positions of authority than they are now. So you've got to factor that in. There wasn't the level of sort of informality, if you like, that there is today. So some of the issues that would arise would never be raised directly with politicians because that wasn't the thing to do then. But by and large, I think the sort of the personal relationships
0: were about the same. Did you notice that, Peter, changing in your time as a politician, that even journalists became a lot more familiar with you
1: yes yes and partly it was uh, the changing wider conditions the fact that communication was much more instant i mean when i went into parliament political debate sort of focused around getting something either in the morning paper or the uh, the 6 o'clock news on television right by the time i left parliament uh, what the focus was on was what was going to be in social media in the next 20 minutes or half an hour mm. so it was much more instant much more immediate and the capacity to sort of say well this is a quite difficult issue. It's got all these features to it, this, that, and the other thing, and on balance you come down on this side of it, was completely replaced Was yes or no, are you going to do this or that? Peter, so more instant, much more clipped, and as a consequence, uh,
2: the capacity for things going wrong or for people screwing up, uh, that much greater. Absolutely. Now, talking about that, Peter, do you think, given in that, everybody in the world is a photographer now with their iPhone or their their mobile phone um, and there's instant access to getting it out to the world through the net do you think there's more pressure on politicians now as far as their private lives go than there was when you started 20 years ago
1: oh undoubtedly uh, you, you know 30, 30 years ago the most radical thing around was the fax machine was which right. was only just coming into vote yeah. so you didn't you didn't get all that instant stuff Um I remember about uh, probably 10 or 12 years ago, uh, a strange incident that occurred to me. Um, I was in Dunedin, and a woman who I had never met before uh, at a business meeting came up to me and gave me a brown envelope and said, you might want these. And they were photographs of me taken about a month earlier in the summertime, um, lying on a beach lounger in Rarotonga. Now, this person I had never seen before. uh, The photographs weren't, apart from just being... Sort of not particularly good photographs um, yeah. weren't offensive any, anyway. Yeah. But it set me thinking: Why would someone take these photographs of you? Let alone want to hand them to you at some point later on? Today, of course, I go round to the shops and you get into an argument with someone in the in the car park. That'll be on Instagram in five minutes.
2: Totally.
0: To be fair, I did take a photo of Bill Rowling at Kaiteriteri Beach a number of years ago, just because I was so sort of awestruck that there was a former <laughs> prime minister sitting there. That was many years ago, Peter. Yeah. Do you so think,
1: I think that that stuff sort of you know quite harmless? I think it's when yeah. people are using it to then go and make a point about what you're up to. Yeah. It yeah. becomes intrusive.
0: Do you think also going forward it's a problem that? For, for prospective people that may make a real difference to this country in terms of their politics and how clever and talented they are, but they won't get into it because they're fearful of something coming to haunt them?
1: Yeah, I think two things. I think absolutely that, and I think we've already seen, in fact, I know of cases over the years where people have said, no, I'm not going to get involved for just that reason. Mm. There is something in my background that I wouldn't want to get out there. And the other reason is I think people will say, while I mightn't have anything to be concerned about today, I'm not prepared to expose myself or my family to that risk in the future.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the things that I think a lot of people feel that are in the public eye, while, particularly as a politician, you basically have to develop a thick skin for criticism that you're going to get. But the effect on families must be quite devastating. And, I mean, we're seeing that now without going into the lurid details of the Falloon case.
1: Yeah, we are. And, and, you know, I I had um, two kids grow up in fact, neither of them were born when I went to Parliament, so they grew up and went right through school during my parliamentary career. We were just talking about this a couple of nights ago, actually, about did they ever experience any bullying or derision as a consequence? And they both thankfully said no, but at the same time they said, but so-and-so's son and so-and-so's daughter, yeah, people got into them all the time because of things their parents had done in politics. So. There is that sense, there's that, there's that sense also of people, it's not quite a gotcha feeling, but people quite like to, like the photographs on the beach lounger, quite like to get a, you know get, get something of you in what's not the normal situation so they can say, Ha, ah, you know, I saw him on the beach or I saw yeah. him you know, mm. at the pub with his mates or mm. whatever it might be.
0: Can it be stopped? Can it be turned around? Uh, I think it's pretty difficult because
1: I think it's part of a much wider social condition. But what I do think, is that the parliamentary system and the parliamentary sort of atmosphere needs to become much more sympathetic to the fact that the human beings that inhabit the place are going to have problems, are going to run into difficulties. And the way to deal with problems when they occur is not just to cut them off like a diseased limb, but you know, an ounce of prevention is usually not a bad starting point. And, mm. and the system's not very good at that. It sort of basically leaves it over to you to sort yourself out, and if you can't, well, you better go.
2: Mm. Peter, in many ways, whatever you think for or against Donald Trump, my feeling is very much that he's in some ways revolutionised politics with his use of Twitter, that he goes directly to his base and to and to people in, in America. Is it your feeling that increasingly, because, because you mentioned when we were first talking with you just now, mate, about how... <laughs> In Parliament, you'd be looking towards trying to get in the morning papers, trying to get on six o'clock news on television. Now it can be any time of the news cycle. But do you think that increasingly politicians will start to use things like Twitter, things on the net, rather than the traditional means of getting their message out to the people through the more conventional media?
1: Oh, yes, and I think they are. And I've just been amazed even just in the early stages of this election campaign, looking at the things on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or the memes or mm. whatever it is, I think you're going to see much, much more of that. I've seen uh, examples of MPs. Uh, I saw one last night of an MP um, over their, um, their their laptop doing a town hall meeting, uh, yeah. what they called as a town hall meeting. So yeah. partly that's COVID-19, but I think generally speaking, the tw- the, the, the Trump model of instant response go directly to your supporters immediately and quickly is going to become the norm.
0: Right. And finally, Peter, before we let you go, because Andrew Falloon, this is the latest for the National Party to deal with, the latest among a string in recent days and weeks. Uh, is it going to affect the National Party going to this election, or will it make no difference at all?
1: It certainly won't help them. Um, but first of all, they've got to select a new candidate for his seat and make sure they win that. I think what it, while it's... Um, probably not directly related to the party as such, it does create, contribute to an atmosphere of chaos and disorganisation and that the, the national parties at sixes and sevens. I think that's probably why Judith Collins has acted so quickly to, to try and close it down. But unfortunately, with the further revelations today, it may not be that simple. Right. You know, politics at the end of the day is a lot about impression. And if people think that this party or that knows what it's doing and can, and can control itself, then they're better likely to give them a chance to control the country. If they think that they don't know what they're up to, they've got no idea you know, how to run the outfit, then they certainly won't entrust them to run the country. And I think that's about where national sits at the moment. Its big job is to convince New Zealanders again that it's capable of being a government sometimes soon.
0: You must be sitting there with your hush puppies on, your smoking jacket, your feet up, going, I'm so glad I'm not involved in that anymore. <laughs>
1: well, I, I, don't, I don't miss that side of it at all. I, I do miss some of the the excitement, but it's fun just to be watching it and to be able to think, you know, while circumstances and time changes, a lot of the fundamental issues are still the same as they have been all the way through.
0: Peter, great to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much, Peter. Peter. That's Peter Dunn, former MP and Minister.